Welcome to Season 2 of A New Voice of Freedom. The podcasts are taken from the four volumes In Defense of Christianity, written by Ronald Keith Messer. Podcast 61 is entitled The Tragic Flaw. Most tragedies, like a Greek drama, are staged in advance. One tragic event inevitably following the other due to the main character's central weakness. A tragic flaw is an inherent weakness, such as excessive pride in the hero or protagonist that leads to inevitable ruin. The primary question is free will versus determinism. Does the protagonist have free will, and could the tragedy have been averted? Christianity says yes. That is why Christ died for our sins. The world that has adopted atheism says no. Though the world acknowledges evil, the world denies the existence of sin, for sin is a judgment of God. Regardless of the rhetoric, the world actually believes in the existence of Satan in an abstract way. The world only denies the existence of God. Often in tragedy, not only the protagonist dies, but many of the people around him. In drama, critics call it the tragic flaw. In ancient drama, tragic heroes were kings or queens or persons of greatness. In modern tragedy, it may be a person of no social importance, such as Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman. Being human, we all have a tragic flaw, or more realistically, many tragic flaws because we are all imperfect. In our sinful world, those tragic flaws are continually displayed, causing unspeakable suffering. In Christian terms, the tragic flaws are called temptations, the root cause being Satan. The remedy is repentance, which helps us to overcome tragic flaws. In our progression toward sanctification, we are constantly making adjustments. It could also be said that every environment, even a republic devoted to liberty, has a tragic flaw. Satan's entire desire is to bring us into captivity. He plays on our tragic flaws. The reason I fear for the freedom of our nation today is that unlike our forefathers, we are no longer aware of the tragic flaws that are inherent in our system. We are living in denial. Our nation began because we had taxation without representation. Today, our nation is crumbling because we have taxation without responsible representation. Both lead to the same end. Exorbitant taxes without anything to show for it as power becomes more and more centralized. I find an analogy in nature. There is a type of wasp that lays its eggs inside other insects or animals. When the larvae emerge, they feed on their living host from the inside out. They are known as parasitoids. Some actually enslave their hosts, forcing them to create a tomb that brings death to the insect, but life to the parasitoid. Such is the future we face if we do not remove the cunning parasitoids from our government. Environment itself can be a tragic flaw. Accidents occur more frequently when the environment for accidents is created. I remember watching a video of a massive pileup on a freeway. It was during a heavy snowstorm. One bystander, apparently stopped by the first accident, assessed the situation. The clouds were low. The sharp curve of the freeway, compounded by low visibility, created the perfect storm. The bystander fixed his camera on a fence. It caught trucks, cars, vans, etc. coming around the curve at very high speeds, the drivers obviously unaware of the danger. The first reaction was always the same. The drivers slammed on their brakes, 
turn their skidding wheels to the right or left, all with the same results. Lack of traction and centrifugal force guided the vehicles, not the drivers. The pileup grew larger and larger and larger as the camera caught it in real time. The question immediately arises, why do drivers drive freeway speeds in low visibility around a curb during a heavy snowstorm, leaving no room for air? Such is the nature of a tragic flaw. Though inherent in the environment or the person or the system, like the parasitoids, it is invisible. However, most tragedies can be avoided by using restraint, patience, simple deductive powers, self-discipline, close analysis, knowledge, experience, charity, objective advice, and common sense. All failures could be avoided if we took as much time identifying the tragic flaws and removing them as we did researching the possibilities of success and enhancing them. Big business is all too familiar with the tragic flaws of excessive success. For example, the PC which should have been IBM's greatest success nearly destroyed IBM one of the most successful corporations in history. The problem was that the IBM executives could not see far off. Tragedy must be avoided before it occurs. Once thriving companies such as Blockbuster, Polaroid, Toys R Us, Pan Am, Borders Books, Compact, and many others were not so fortunate. Nature, which thrives on recycling, provides many examples. In the steep hills of East Tennessee, the healthy trees fall first because they outgrow their supporting roots. These precipitous mountains, the soggy ground, a strong wind, and shallow roots bring the tallest trees down. Success causes them to grow into their certain death. Nature does not have free will, but man does. Nature does not have inductive and deductive reasoning, but man does. It would be astonishing how many diseases, accidents, mishaps, tragedies, and deaths are caused by carelessness and could be avoided if only we took the time to assess the environment and cleanse it of the tragic flaws. We need, of course, to anticipate the possibility of failures and identify the tragic flaws in advance, whether it is in ourselves, in our behavior, in our relationships, in our businesses, in the environment, or in other things. Just as the PC nearly brought down a multi-billion dollar business, the cheap O-ring brought down the billion dollar space shuttle Challenger. So can a single flaw bring down a republic, or a marriage, or another relationship, or an individual. If we are not mindful of the tragic flaws in ourselves, our government, or in our environment, etc., we will fail. Probability in an uncertain world is against us. In Shakespeare's play Julius Caesar, Cassius, talking to his friend Brutus, makes the following statement. The fault, dear Brutus, is not in our stars, but in ourselves that we are underlings. As mentioned in an earlier podcast, in the play Oedipus by Sophocles, the tragic flaw of Oedipus was his own pride. Scholars prefer the Greek term hubris. It was prophesied that he would kill his father and marry his mother, out of fear of the prophecy, the parents of Oedipus knelt his feet to the countryside, which gave him the name of Oedipus, or swollen foot, and left him to die. Rescued by a shepherd, he was raised by another noble family where he learned about the curse. Thinking they were his real parents, Oedipus fled the country. On his journey, he met a stranger, his real father, Laius. 
A dispute arose over who should step aside. Neither yielded, and Oedipus, being younger and stronger, killed Laius and his charioteer, and traveled to Thebes and won the hand of Yocasta the queen, his mother in marriage, making him king of Thebes, and unknowingly fulfilling the prophecy. Oedipus could run from his family, but he could not run from himself. He carried the tragic flaw within, which was nothing more than a lack of humility. Road rage was his downfall. Had he simply pulled over to let the elderly stranger pass, the tragedy that ended his joyless life and the joyless life of his family could have been averted. Captivity comes when, harboring the tragic flaw, one chooses to enter the environment of captivity. It is not always easy to tell at which point we forfeit our agency. As Anonymous, that invisible philosopher, stuffed like Sancho Panza, with proverbs observed, that which is forged in fire was first sparked by the flint of flaming desire. Addictions have become one of the prominent tragic flaws of our day. After graduating from high school, I traveled to work with a man who was a model worker. We worked the night shift. We traveled a nine-mile distance and worked from midnight to eight in a machine shop. He made high wages because he was extraordinarily skilled and experienced. But addicted to alcohol, he kept his family in poverty. On weekends, I dropped him off at the bar on Friday morning, where he remained sleepless at the bar, drinking his way into oblivion, until Sunday night when we began the week of work again. Even though he worked all night, he remained sleepless at the bar. He didn't even go home. On Sunday night, when I picked him up at his home, he was always sober. He remained sober until the next weekend, when I again dropped him off at the bar at 8.30 in the morning. The haunting words of Isaiah described his pitiful condition. Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, till wine inflame them. When I took him home, his young wife, with small children clinging to her legs, greeted us looking haggard and dressed in rags, an image that haunts me even to this day. But even alcoholism is dwarfed by tragic flaws of modern-day drug addictions. The tragic flaws in some environments are invisible. For example, I am gluten intolerant. I did everything possible to avoid wheat in my diet, but still suffered from the symptoms. I read every word of every label of all the foods I ate. I simply could not figure out what I was doing wrong. I mean, I meticulously read every ingredient on every label, on every package, looking for wheat. When suddenly, in front of our house, Ron and I both looked up at a sight we saw every day. Across the road, only yards from our house in Idaho, in a vast, unending wheat field, it was harvest time. I was living in a wheat field trying to avoid wheat, and it didn't even register to either of us. It is human nature, I suppose, to fret over fine labels under a microscope and ignore the immense fruitful fields around us fraught with dangers. Ron and I both burst out laughing, feeling foolish, of course, but when you step away from it, it is perhaps more common than we think. Metaphorically speaking, we fret over the amount of sugar in a drink and ignore the fact that we are living in a minefield. One of the great dangers in America today, however, 
is that we willfully ignore the tragic flaws of our environment for fear of being ridiculed. Even with our vast knowledge of the dangers of drugs, alcohol, gambling, and pornography, we allow our children unlimited access to all adult vices in a multitude of electronic devices, as well as movies, videos, television, and music. Some tragic flaws are created by making evil appear good, thus easing conscience while the victims are being lured into captivity. Spring Break, glamorized by television, has created an environment of alcohol, drugs, promiscuity, and sexual abandonment among youth. It has become a rite of passage where moral values are put aside and innocence and youth are lost in the whirlwind of empty laughter and compromised values. Sexual union, the most powerful force on earth and the greatest of God's gifts to man, brings life into the world. To treat sex as a mere recreation spells disaster for the future of society. It can only erupt into disorder and chaos. That which can bring the greatest blessings to mankind can also bring the greatest curse if not governed by the laws of God. Infidelity can destroy a family, and that which can destroy a family can destroy a nation in only a few generations. Riots, demonstrations, and causes often create a tragic flaw environment of willful abandonment of values. People are bruised and killed. Stores are looted and burned. Police are assaulted. Many festivals are used as an excuse to create environments of moral relinquishment. Many events have become celebrated for their institutionalized intemperance, such as New Year's, Halloween, graduations, carnivals, Mardi Gras ironically is a Christian celebration, major sports events, and even weekends. Our freedom is at high risk when everything becomes an excuse for a party. The point I am trying to make is that those things are misrepresented. They promise unending fun without consequences. The real world doesn't support that philosophy. Ask the doctors and nurses of the ER at any hospital. Just as we cannot live gluten-free while living in the middle of a wheat field, we cannot remain crime-free while we defund our police, allow our schools, our communities, and our cities to be overrun with drugs, riots, gangs, and violent demonstrations, while we allow people to camp in our city streets and parks. We cannot retain our sovereignty if we allow people to flow across our borders without regard to law. We must take a strong stand against drug dealers and drug cartels, against mob violence, against lawlessness, and against crime. We must support our police and allow them to enforce the law. Today we accept the tragic flaws and even celebrate them, thinking we're being set free when we are inevitably led into captivity. Ron, if you are listing the tragic flaws in America today, what would you rank highest on the list? Number one, the destruction of the family. The other tragic flaws in no particular order would be using taxpayer money as bribed by our national politicians to win votes, Congress exempting itself from its own laws, the rise of socialism, the attack on religion, the attack on our Constitution, disregarding the Ten Commandments, political correctness, the denial of absolute law, the denial that God created us all equal, the attack against self-reliance, the burgeoning debt, abortion, the lack of reverence, the party atmosphere, 
the rise of the importance of money over everything else, showing contempt for the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Declaration of Independence, the rise of tribalism, the liberals are turning one group against another, creating hate, division, and civil unrest. Schools are teaching that people with white skin are evil, riots, and unrestrained lawlessness, the divorce rate. Everything has a tragic flaw. For example, successful businesses employing thousands of people have suddenly collapsed because of excessive debt, overextension, and the inability of its executives to adapt to the growing trends. History is strewn with the graveyards of powerful empires which once ruled the world but fell because of internecine war, secret combinations, and moral corruption. Consider, for example, the collapse of the Persian Empire, Babylonian Empire, Roman Empire, Alexandrian Empire, the dynasties of China, the empires of India, and so many others. A Jewish proverb says that if you kill a man, you kill a nation. How many dynasties never materialized because individuals relinquished their free will, their agency, their freedom, and their liberty to monsters lurking within or enslaving causes without? We measure our failures by our model of success. If money is our goal, then poverty is seen as failure. If power is our goal, then weakness is seen as a failure. If pleasure is our goal, the world will love us. If righteousness is our goal, then the world will hate us. What happens when our desires are the tragic flaws that cause our failure? It is not uncommon for the tragic flaw to be the false measure of success itself. Sometimes the fault is in the model. History has proven that socialism, communism, Marxism, and fascism do not work. Yet we continually see totalitarianism as the ideal utopia especially when the would-be tyrants promise security, free homes, free health care, free college tuition, free phones, free electricity, free everything, even promising that it won't cost them a penny. That is exactly what is happening in Washington today. I can only speak for one model, and that is the model of true liberty. If we want liberty, we must live the law of liberty. The law of liberty is the Ten Commandments. The perfect law of liberty is the two great commandments illustrated by the virtues of one individual, the only true model for liberty, Jesus Christ himself, the Savior and Redeemer of the world. Anything else that promises liberty is counterfeit. If I were asked what the major tragic flaw of America is today, I would say that we chase freedom at the cost of morality, thus losing our agency and liberty. We are so focused on the freedom of today that we forfeit the liberty of tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast. In Defense of Christianity is available at RonaldMesser.com.